everyone was showing how they loved me and how important I was. And well, other thing is that I was able to invite the boy that I like. That was, for me, a plus. This is Not What You Think. I'm Sasha Rosen. With FBI Radio turning 15 this year, as part of our supporter drive, our Sweet 15 supporter drive, we're bringing you this special episode of Not What You Think, an episode about quinceañeras. A quinceañera is a celebration of turning 15. It's usually a party, usually for a girl, often associated with Mexico, but celebrated across Latin America and the USA and Australia. Maybe you've seen a version of a quinceañera in Jane the Virgin, in One Day at a Time, or even in a reality series like Sweet 15. But there are a lot more facets to this tradition than just pastel dresses and high heels. Although pastel dresses and high heels are often definitely a thing. Dr. Gabriela Coronado is a Mexican-Australian anthropologist whose areas include the intercultural complexities of cultures, especially Mexico. She's an adjunct researcher at Western Sydney University, and, you know, she's been to a few kinses. Gabriela, thank you for coming in. Oh, thank you for inviting me. I'm very pleased to be here. Just before I get you to tell me all about quinceañeras a bit more broadly, we're going to hear from a local director who's just about to release a web series about planning a quinceañera here in Sydney. I'm Daisy Montalvo, and I am the director of Las Rosas, which is a web series about two Latina sisters growing up in Western Sydney trying to pull off a quinceañera. <laughs> the web series was kind of inspired by the struggle that I had trying to just pull off a quinceañera in my own community. The culture around a quinceañera and the importance of it in Latin culture and how how we put so much focus on it. Like, I guess families might live a very humble life, but as soon as a quinceañera comes along, they put in all their effort into making that big event. And it's, I guess it's like a once-in-a-lifetime kind of experience. So minimal elements of a quinceañera will be, one, you got to have a big fluffy dress. <laughs> Generally, preferably, it is pink. That is the main colour that people choose, but some people choose different colours depending on their personality type or what they want to go with. There's a waltz, there's a father-daughter dance. It's almost like a wedding. Like, it's so crazy and out there, but it's it's about celebrating becoming a woman. So a lot of the time with the quinceanera as well, it's about... Depending on the culture and their religion in the family, they also come out and say that they will follow God's path and they are given a Bible and things like that at the quinceanera. There can be a religious element. I mean, at mine, I didn't have a massive one, but a lot of quinceaneras have that element to it. So so you had a quinceanera? Yes, I did. Yeah, when I was 15, my sister and my mom put in a lot of work. (laughs) I was all for it because I was like, why not? I get to be a princess for a day and get to have all my friends together. And honestly, it was a really beautiful experience. Beforehand, we did a lot of practice with my friends for a dance waltz thing that you have to do as part of the tradition or the culture of the quinceañera party. We did a father-daughter dance and then it was like a group dance with the compañeros and the compañeras. And yeah. (laughs) Did you have a concert? Like a partner, dad's partner. Yeah. Yes, actually, interesting story. He was my dad's partner, and now we've been dating for five years. <laughs> so, <laughs> so, so that went well. It did. It did. It went great. We practiced for so long our dance, so we perfected it, and we were like ready to 
I don't know, just show our moves. <laughs> we're like, yes, we got this waltz. Everyone around us did pretty bad because they weren't practicing that well, but we nailed it. <laughs> <laughs> I think it was really good because it brought me closer to my culture. Because your family have Mexican heritage? Uh, no, we're from El Salvador, so Central America. Look, I actually think it's more of a bigger and common thing in Latin America, but also in the US, just because in smaller countries like El Salvador, it's smaller scale. You'll find in the US and things like that, they do it very big and elaborate because they have more and the family want to celebrate and show off to their whole family, their daughter who's becoming a woman. Can you give me a rough idea how much one costs in Australia? Um, <laughs> I don't know what my parents spend, but <laughs> I'm going to say, it's yeah, it depends on how big the scale is, but it can be anywhere from 5000 more. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> It is fun. I mean, it depends on the person. I think there's a lot of girls who don't really necessarily want a quinceañera just because of the type of attention that you might get on the day or it's not suited to their personality types, I suppose. Like one of my cousins didn't want to do a quinceañera, but she did want a photo shoot. (laughs) So we did a photo shoot, but we had no party, (laughs) which was very interesting. But it just depends. A family friend they gave their daughter a choice to either come to Australia to visit or to have her quinceanera. She chose her quinceanera. Wow. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that gives a very good uh, sense of, especially how is now. <laughs> so, so that sounds familiar to you? Well, mine was very different. You had a quinceanera as well? Yeah, but I was not doing as a princess kind of thing. One of the visions of a quinceanera in popular culture at the moment in Australia is pastel dresses, princess themes, almost like a wedding. What was yours like? Was it like that? Uh, No, mine, well, I didn't have that kind of dress, just uh, more elegant for a party than usual. But because I was a bit of a rebel then, and maybe now, I was actually accepting with the condition that was just a party. So you were kind of like, we can call it a quinceañera, but it's just going to be a nice party? Well, it was a quinceañera, and what I remember as an important thing of that moment was the collaboration that everyone was participating in creating the party. My aunts and friends of my mother and everything, they said, no, 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 she has to have one, and everybody was collaborating. And even my friends of my age were actually lending their house and moving furniture and organizing everything so that I was having a quinceañera party. So to me, that's what is the most important aspect of it. And I think that this is something that happened in every quinceañera party, is the network, the social network that is created around this event and the importance that has for society this event. Did you enjoy it after all that fuss? Uh, well, I enjoyed, but I didn't go through all the difficulties because I decided not to have uh, the chambelanes, so I didn't have to practice. This is all the blokes who come along and dance? Ah, uh, yes. So I didn't go through that. So to me, what was very important was the fact that everyone was showing how they loved me and how important I was. And, and that's something that to me was more important than being a princess. <laughs> And well, other thing is that I was able to invite the boy that I like. So that was 
for me a plus. And then he just came to the mass and not to the party. <laughs> so that's uh, the memories of the, of the event. He was a bit older than me and we just were friends and impossible love and that kind of thing. But there are things that actually change because after you have this party, people begin to treat you differently. So it's not just what symbolically change in terms of your identity, but it's also how you are seen by others in a different way because you are older than 15. And even discussing with you as a quinceañera if you want it, if you don't want it, what does it mean? So it's preparing you to change your identity of what kind of woman you need to become. The quinceañera, a lot of the time it starts with a mass in a church. Yes. Yeah, that is very important, especially if the family is Catholic, religious. At the mass, the quinceañera, the quinceañera here means the, the girl who's having the quinceañera. The girl the who is having the quinceañera. Well, in Mexico, we call quinceañera just the person. And the person will be given, I think it's a prayer book and... Well, it's the Bible and a rosary and a bunch of flowers. The whole mass is about thanking God for, well, reaching that age or being able to become a woman. And so when you were given the flowers and when the mass finished, you go and put the flowers in front of the Virgin, depending on the church. And then the second stage is the party. And you have chambelanes, like chamberlains, I guess, and the court. You have one chambelan that is the one that is going to be dancing with you first. Usually the godparent and the father, and you have friends of your age, girls and boys. The number can change. Some have seven, some have 14 for each year of the quinceañera. The idea is that those are the ones that are going to dance the first waltz with you. There is usually a, a waltz. And then you can choose different kind of dances until the party goes normal and you have whatever music you like. One that is very commonly used is one called Sobre las Olas. Over the waves. And that is composed by a Mexican composer. It's very common waltz used in the quinceañeras parties. Then later on, there's a brindis, a toast. There is a toast that actually is supposed to be the first time that the girl will have some drink. Usually it's cider. Well, if you are more European, you get champagne. But in Mexico, cider is the most common. Then after that, there's also a ceremony where, I think, is it your mother swaps out your shoe? Well, there is different ways. It's supposed that you come with flats and then there is the ceremony in which you use your first high heeled shoes. Sometimes it's the mother, sometimes it's the father, sometimes it's your chamberlain or the godparent. And so it depends what the family thinks is the right way. But now it's funny because now when you go to a wedding, for example, you bring your flats in the bag, and then when the actual dance happens, you take the high heels and, and go to dance with the flats. And so it's inverted now. 
What kind of adult do you think girls are encouraged to become at this celebration? There is a ritual in which the girl is given a last doll. Now the doll is like a Barbie dress with the same color dress of the quinceañera. After dancing with the doll, she needs to pass the doll to a younger sister or a younger girl from the family or whatever. And so to me, the celebration looks more like your last time of having fantasies and being a child more than becoming a woman. But of course, there is the symbolic transition into woman. Oh, that's right. There's a lot of almost Disney princess style traditions. Uh, no? Yeah, I think that there is a lot of influence from that. And also from the early 20th century French influence with balls and things that were more associated with elites. And also during the dictatorship of Porfirio Diaz, in which there were a lot of intellectuals from the French tradition. It is said that it's a Mexican tradition and that it's a rite of passage. So how it's celebrated probably doesn't have anything to do with, with the old uh, traditions. It's more related with the European influence in Mexico, especially in Mexico City. At the beginning, it was more an elite party, but with migration to Mexico City... So this is internal migration within Mexico yeah, in the early yeah, 1900s. the rural people going to Mexico City, people from towns, they began copying what the elite was doing. And then the elites were actually thinking that was tacky and not good taste. And So in some ways, there is a social dynamic of how it has changed. This kind of princess thing is more common in lower socioeconomic sectors and more in small communities or rural areas than in middle-class educated families. And it's celebrated differently again in indigenous communities in Mexico as well, no? The way in which a 15-year-old girl is seen is very different in different sectors of society. In indigenous communities, at 15, girls are even going out of school because their parents don't want them to be exposed to sexuality by other boys. Or I have never been in one in indigenous communities, so I cannot say how it's performed, but I know that probably they have mole and tamales and like traditional food and music and surely a mass, but I have never been in one, so I cannot... Uh, and there hasn't been much studies of that in indigenous communities. What does indigenous mean in Mexico? Well, indigenous Mexicans are regarded now as the communities that live still as communities uh, have a, a different language than Spanish and are coming from the, well, their ancestors were the pre-Hispanic, Aztecs, Mayans, or many other groups because there are uh, different uh, indigenous groups, 50, 52, or 50, or 60, depending on how you count them. But those are more like living in rural areas. But of course, migration brings those indigenous people to, to the city, and so we are interact, we have friends and everything that are indigenous. But in the towns, they, have, they work more as in the, 
well, not independent, but communities that that have their own cultures and ways of governance and and traditions. And so they'll be speaking languages that date to Aztecs and Mixtecs and Mayans. Um, Mayans, Zapotecs, uh, Totonacs, Nyangnus, different, there, there is different, in different regions they speak different languages. And carrying traditions from those times as yeah. well. Yeah. Well, they, they have changed, of course. Do you think the meaning is different in an Indigenous community? I think so, especially because of the close links in a community. So in some ways, the closer a community is, the more important reinforcements of culture and social meaning a celebration has. And so if you are celebrating an event like this, it's like deeply immersed in the culture of that community. In Mexico, many people now, if they have the resources, they prefer to, to do trips for the quinceañera instead of a party. So the overseas trip instead of the quinceañera. Yeah. And, well, to me, that's a very good option because he's actually thinking in a future in which they are going to be open-minded and independent and all that kind of thing instead of being ready to be mothers and wives. But what it is is the rite of passage is the coming-of-age celebration. And I know that that is very much related with the Aztecs and Mayan cultural practices, but that exists in every culture. What does a rite of passage normally include? What are the parts of a rite of passage? Well, the rite of passage usually include the pre, that is all the preparation, then the moment of, is called a liminal space, which is as if you are non in one side or in the other, so you are in between. And then there is the actual performance that is the public ritual. How much pressure is there on you if you decide to have a non-traditional quinceañera in Mexico? Ah, it's just a great party. You invite your friends, you decide who comes... Well, in my case, I was deciding that was a rock and roll band, nothing else. So I was able to put my conditions. Is that what you've seen in other quinceañeras? Oh, there are quinceañeras that do everything that the parents decide. In many families, the father and the mother has different views about how they want their daughter to be an adult. Many mothers, for example, want their daughters to be more independent than they were. And so they try to communicate and give the meaning in which the daughter will have more decision because she's becoming more independent. But the father might be a bit scared of the boys outside and trying to control more the quinceañera so that she's doing what the family is deciding to do. So there is a lot of tensions in the process of creating these events. It's not as easy as just, I agree to the party and that's it. What is strange to me is that I have my thought in the past that this was going to disappear. It seems to be like reinvigorated. And I think that is also associated with migration because this Parties have migrated to United States, and in United States, with more resources and more commercial use of everything, they have grown and been more important and big deals, and, 
people returned to Mexico with some of those ideas. And now with the internet and social media, many of the ways in which quinceañeras want to celebrate is influenced by social media. In the United States, there is specialized shops for quinceañeras. That was never happening in Mexico. And now they are beginning to bring those things to Mexico. So it is like a continuous movement of culture and ideas. And what to me is not good is that it's commercialized in a way that that is just making harder for the families to pay them. And I guess one of the things with trying to trace the roots of this tradition is that in many ways it's it's a new tradition now. Well, it's an all traditions are all uninvented. <laughs> I guess the question is, like, a lot of traditions that we think are very old are made up, but that's not necessarily a bad thing. Is the quinceañera made up any more than any other tradition? Probably, because there are other traditions that are also reinvented or bigger, like the Day of the Dead. That was not as big in my childhood as it is now. It's trying to create uh, cultural identities and reinforcing meanings that they think that is important to reinforce. Do you think that's a good thing? Well, everything can be good or bad, depending on what you make of it. If I think about the day of the dead, I think that has been good because it's respecting the tradition of people that actually believe on those things. So there is the difference between performing a tradition and actually believing in it and performing. In the quinceañera, if I said, well, I was not interested in being a princess... But if people believe that it's important, it's important that they continue with that tradition. It's reinforcing their views and beliefs. We don't need to criticize them or judge them or think that is wrong. Do you think the quinceañera will keep on surviving? Oh, well, I don't think that will survive if Mexican society improves their capacities to grow more fairly. You think at the moment it kind of reflects the economic imbalance in Mexico? I think that is like a symbol of the division of society. Because why someone marked the quinceañera sending the daughter to Europe and others get in debt to show that they are able to celebrate their daughter? Gabriela, thanks for coming in today. Uh, thank you very much. I enjoy remembering my past. <laughs> Thank you. If you're interested in watching Daisy's series, Las Rosas, it launches on September 29th on their YouTube channel, Las Rosas Web Series. They're also having a launch party on October 6th at the Cazula Powerhouse. You can find links on the show page and in the podcast notes for this episode. This show is made possible by FBI Radio, which is a unique radio station in Sydney. And we keep our studio lights on partly through the help of listeners and supporters like you. I don't think there's anywhere else in Sydney that I could make a show quite like this one. And there are so many shows and podcasts on FBI that you just can't find anywhere else. All the best, don't at me, agenda. This station has been highlighting Sydney arts, music and culture for 15 years now. 15 years. We'd love your help to keep us going for another 15. While our supporters help make shows like this one happen, we also give away thousands of tickets to gigs and events to our supporters and hold events for them that are free or cheaper, like film screenings and, you know, gigs. Being a regular supporter costs $10 a month. There are concession and passionate levels in there as well. If you'd like to sign up or renew, you can go to fbiradio.com slash support. 
And if you want to hear more of this show, you know, in particular, you can go to fbiradio.com slash think to hear all this season's episodes and five seasons worth of archived podcast episodes. Show art for Not What You Think is by Annie Hamilton and Thomas Bruto. Linda DeLacy is our production consultant. Not What You Think was created by Laura Browley, Claire Holland, and me. I'm Zasha Rosen. Thanks for listening. <laughs>